keep labeling them to try to get more information out of them. If they've already gone to that place, mm-hmm. you just need to demonstrate that you understand that now's not the right time to push them for information. How it works out and plays out from a business standpoint. Um, but sometimes the negotiations are of a more emotional nature, or at least the party you're working with is emotional about what they're telling you. And mm-hmm. I've had a couple opportunities where, where the other party kind of just shut down, not necessarily from the conversation, but just from their own emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of liken it to things like the, um, uh, the one we listened to with the suicidal person, you know, I could see where somebody in that role would just shut down and go quiet and just not want to participate any longer. What are some of the things that you would do in a situation like that? So what's the dynamic you're observing in the other side? Uh, silence, looking down, um, just uh, mumble answers versus anything. So how, what does that tell you? How do they feel in that moment? What's that feeling that they're that they have there? Um, sadness, exhaustion. Um, How about like I may be making you feel uncomfortable? Because remember, you want anything that goes wrong is your fault. So when you say it seems like I may be making you feel uncomfortable, it basically says. Um, you know, I'm sorry that you're in this emotional state and I'm going to take responsibility for putting you there because that eases them. It actually gives them a place in their mind to blame you for making them emotional, even though it's not your fault, but it makes the other side feel better. So, you know, it seems like I'm making you uncomfortable. It seems like I may have said something um, that upset you, but it's your fault. Whatever it is, it's your fault. It doesn't matter. You, you take the onus on whatever goes wrong because that opens them up to keep talking without feeling like, um, you know, they're, they're blamed for something or that they need to be defensive because they got emotional. They, they can say, it's your fault. You got me emotional. And it, it helps keep them clear. I mean, to give you an idea of context, I was negotiating with a terrorist. My 17-year-old daughter just graduated from high school and she's feeling pretty worked up, doesn't know which way to go and was kind of feeling down about, you know, what her future choices are going to be. And so we were kind of having a long discussion about that. And I just kept her going, trying to hear what she was saying. And then all of a sudden she just got to a, a wound up point and just, mm-hmm. so. So what is she, if you're, if you're, if you're talking about the future and she gets upset like that, what is she, what is she dealing with? What is she quarreling with herself with? Yeah. So I was, I, I had labeled it. It, it seems like this is really scary to you. It yes. seems like this is a lot, you know, that you're thinking about and, and all of her answers kind of at one point then just turned into, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to go to my room. So, so it seems like you're concerned um, about what the future holds. Seems like you may need some time to make a decision about where you want to go, what you want to do. Um, sometimes when people shut down like that, if you keep labeling them to try to get more information out of them, if they've already gone to that place, you just need to demonstrate that you understand that now's not the right time to push them for information because it might not be. Um, and that's, now, where I, that's where I went with it. I was just curious if it yeah. would be a different thing to. Well, I mean, in, in the real world, when you're dealing with people like that and it's emotional, sometimes people need a timeout. 
Um, we didn't have that luxury when we're dealing with bad guys. They didn't get a timeout. If they hung up on us, we had to call them right back. That's just what we did. So we, we had to keep them engaged all the time, all the time. So even if they shut down, we had to keep on talking, which was when you're talking with someone who's not talking back to you and when you're trying to label them and you're trying to get them to come out of the shell, it's, it's exhausting because half the time you don't know what to say. You're just kind of grasping at straws, hoping that something's going to make them respond to you and get, and get things back on track. I don't know, Troy, Barbara, how long you ever went? I mean, I, I went as long as an hour with the person doing nothing but grunting at me over the phone until I finally got something that was a little bit more you know, substantive out of them. And then you know, within another hour, I might've had a few sentences, but it's like pulling teeth. You just have to stick with it. But if you have the opportunity with someone like that, that you can say, you know, it seems like you may just need a little bit of time and, you know, we, we can talk about this later and get, let them off the hook. And, you know, a little bit later, they'll come back and, and you can apologize and use an audit. You know, you may think that I was really trying to pin you down for everything and, you know, audit that away. Take the time if you need it. It's kind of like what Joe said, when somebody asks you a question, you're not sure about it, take a deep breath and think about it for two seconds. There's nothing wrong with going silent and just sitting in the silent for a second before you, um, you know, before you start giving, giving your response, give yourself time to organize your thoughts. Beautiful, thanks. Remember, you don't get in life what's fair, you get what you negotiate. If you wanna become a better negotiator, click the link in the description below. Hi, um, very similar question that uh, Magna had, except that I'm dealing probably with an accommodator and trying to, um, and I think I'm probably an analyst by by negotiation standards are the ones that we talk about here. And what I find, and I had a bit of a conversation with Troy about this, is um, uh, my counterpart who outranks me substantially, he's a vice president in the organization that I'm in, um, uh, he seems to be moving in the direction, you know, taking up suggestions and listening to either ideas or concerns that I have. And he seems to be genuinely interested in those. But he also sort of seems to really get off track because he's trying to take all these other people keep coming into the conversation. And to me, they're not even really a part of the conversation. And we've actually, I think, agreed upon getting an external third party opinion of the situation. But it's trying to get that organized so that it doesn't, that it has no focus, shall we say, right? Or that it focuses on all of these other people or situations rather than on the core issue. And I'm kind of- So yeah. what, what kind of audits can you use going in there? Because remember you talked on the call yesterday and we yeah. talked about your audits basically saying this may seem selfish. Right. You know, this he, may, may make, this may make you feel that I, I am very self-important. In other words, I think very highly of myself because I want my stuff. Um, it, this may come across as, as me pushing you to give me what I want. Um, there are a lot of different audits you can use at the beginning of that meeting okay. uh, to kind of kind of let him feel like where you're going. Okay, so just sort of begin with, I mean, there are gonna be other people from my unit there who have similar interests to mine. So I think okay. that's um, helpful because it's not then just like, Oh, it's selfish Carolyn, right? Like it's actually right. a problem for the entire unit, right? That so are you the one doing the speaking um, for them? I, 
I, I am, though my department chair will also be there, so he will speak on behalf of the department, I'm quite certain, but I, the conversation is oriented towards me, but there are going to be these other voices present as well. Um, okay. but I, I think, I mean, I guess you're right, like to start with the, the sort of the selfish or self-centered or, you know, um, you know, focused only on one issue rather than, you know, like he may have broader concerns, but it's really to get him back down to the foundation, right? Like to, to fix a cracked foundation is what we, rather than building new stories on the building. Uh, okay. So accusations, audits, who called the meeting, him or you guys? He did. Okay. So um, you're going to have to let him kind of tell you, you're going to have to let him kind of introduce why he called the meeting, what he has to say. He may have information you don't know about yet. Always assume you have something to learn from the other side. Don't go yeah. in prepared for battle. If you're not, you're really going to be battling. He might just be saying, Hey, you know what? We decided to go with what you wanted. And you don't know that Right. if he called the meeting, you're not quite sure about that. So you're going to, it's going to be one of those things where you're going to have audits ready. You're going to have a summary ready. You're going to have calibrated questions ready. And when you go in there, it's going to be fly by the seat of your pants until you figure out where he's going with this right okay and be, All right. Fle be flexible yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay all right